hopeful reading listeners or anybody who probably stumbled upon this accidental podcast (laughs) um i'm one of your hosts dana and i'm jenna and what you're listening to is the podcast where we will simply just discuss and review books on a bi-weekly basis um, that we've chosen to read um, because usually we're always on the same page um, but let's find out who we are this time we shall see all right so this month we read you by caroline kepnes I can grab it here. Uh, So I had the Atria paperback version, which published 2015. Original copyright was 2014. And I had the horrible Netflix cover. (laughs) (laughs) Which doesn't change the story at all, but just makes you sad. Yeah, a little bit inside. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So with you, what it is, is Joe Goldberg is handsome, charming, and ready to fall in love. And when aspiring writer Guinevere Beck strides into the bookstore where Joe works, he is instantly smitten. He knows he has to see her again. So Joe does what anyone might. He looks back up online and learns everything he can to set up another chance to meet her. Their chemistry is immediate. It seems like the perfect romance. But there's more to Joe than Beck realizes, and more to Beck than Joe could ever guess. The relationship soon spirals out of control, and the darkness they unleash will have deadly consequences for everyone in their lives. So funny. So my copy actually has a different uh, description on the back. Really? I was trying to read along with you, and it's, I mean, obviously the same basic plot points. Right. But yeah, worded completely differently. Well, for fun, read yours. (laughs) Let's see. I uh, won't have quite as interesting of a joke going on, but I'll try and tap into the teen angst a little bit. There you go. Let's see. When a beautiful aspiring writer strides into the East Village bookstore where Joe Goldberg works, he does what anyone would do. He Googles the name on her credit card. There's only one Guinevere Beck in New York City. Uh, She has a public Facebook account and tweets incessantly, telling Joe everything he needs to know. She is simply back to her friends. She went to Brown University, she lives on Bank Street, and she'll be at a bar in Brooklyn tonight. The perfect place for a, quote, chance meeting. As Joe invisibly and obsessively takes control of Beck's life, he begins quietly removing the obstacles that stand in their way. Joe will do anything to ensure Beck finds herself in his waiting arms, even if it means murder. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> that one actually almost for like for the whole thing it makes you just sound like oh this is your your typical romance book and at the it very does. last second is like guess what yeah <laughs> which is actually really interesting i like that way better well yeah because it it almost makes it seem like that beck is going to be the main character at that description yeah it does which is really cool completely yeah, false it almost makes it sound more like a romance rather yeah. than a thriller, um, which is funny because it sounds like this is the one that Joe would write and yours is more what Beck would write. Yeah, so that's kind of About cool. this story, which is really interesting. Weird musical theater moment. Do you know the musical Assassins at all? I have heard of it. I have not seen it. Uh, n- not really important. It's, <laughs> I mean, really fun. I would recommend. 
totally unrelated to this, but um, it's all of the different uh, attempted or successful presidential assassins right, right, right. talking to each other and just having these interactions and what it would be if they had a fun little clubhouse. <laughs> and um, one of the songs is called Unworthy of Your Love. And <laughs> the whole time it sounds, it's a duet and it sounds like a love song the entire time. Like one of those, we're two characters in two different places in our separate relationships, but like we're feeling the same feelings. And so we're going to sing this song and it's just going to happen to be the same song that we're singing with each other. And it's until suddenly it talks about like, I would kill for you. I would walk (laughs) through fire. I would kill myself. Like all of these crazy things that just kind of come out of nowhere and you're like oh that's right this is not a show with a love song in it (laughs) very much you yeah so if you if 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 listeners could not guess what this is about and what we're going to try and do is um we are going to try and keep this as mostly you know a review about the book how we feel about the book but we can't of course not talk about the show because that is sort of the reason we chose this book we realized that well Full honesty, we had chosen other books. This was the second backup. <laughs> but um, someone had trouble getting books. <laughs> I did. Um, but <laughs> with you, we realized that we had both already watched the show, but not read the books. And mm-hmm. um, I think I can uh, speak for the both of us. We usually like to read them first. But yes, we. Um, but um, I didn't realize it was a book till after I saw it, and I watched both seasons. Um, when the second season dropped, that was my first time watching the show. And oh, afterwards, I afterwards I learned it was a book, and immediately I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I watched it first. And so, <laughs> but because of that, we were like, "Well, let's read it. Let's see if there's a difference. There's always going to be some sort of differences." And from what I had heard going into it, season two took the biggest departures. Season one was pretty much book one. I found a lot of differences there were. in this, much yeah. more than I thought. And just really quickly, I do want to throw just a couple of trigger warnings out there. Obviously we did already read the description and if you've seen the show or know about the show, you know what it's about. Um, But this book and the show do deal with some pretty intense things that can be triggers for people. Very heavy. Uh, Yes. And very heavily in them. Like they are very big parts of the book and they dive really deep into them. Things like stalking, obviously. Um, it mentions murder, mention of suicide, overdose, uh, some pretty graphic sexual language in the book. Um, so just things like that, that if that is going to be at all triggering for you or something that maybe just doesn't sound like it's up your alley, just want to let you know ahead of time. And we are respectfully going to be talking about those things in talking about the book so. yeah and even with, with with talking about it i think you know if we'll probably if some of us highlighted some quotes and stuff maybe we'll read some quotes maybe some language will be a little harsh in it because mm-hmm. um because yeah just right off the bat just off of those descriptions and everything um the main idea of this is that you follow joe the book is uh his point of view and joe just straight up is a stalker he had love at first sight with this girl beck and you know it starts off all innocent you're like oh of course he looked her up on facebook what any person would do what that. a totally normal thing in <laughs> today's day and age <laughs> but he immediately goes down the rabbit hole and you immediately just get this kind of sick feeling in your gut that you're like uh 
and then the book just <laughs> like a snowball down the hill it it goes <laughs> right so yeah just wanted to make sure I threw that out there that's always something that is important for me no matter where I'm posting thoughts on books or you mm -hmm. know whatever um is including at least minimum trigger warnings so yeah. I just wanted to make sure that was gotten out of the way there. <laughs> yeah and so and with that I think what I'll start with is kind of just the biggest difference I noticed from the show through the book is mm -hmm. because it's how you want to follow with this the the point of view the main character is a psycho <laughs> he's <laughs> he's he's not normal he's not right in the head but what the show does is and the book does is grip you in a way where you want to follow him and it's yeah. hard. And what I think the show does is the show makes you sympathetic for Joe. There are things that right. are played out a little bit differently. But the book, I'd say it's more of a curiosity thing. You recognize that this isn't a good person to be around, but you almost kind of want to follow, like, can he succeed by doing what he's doing? Like, Right, yeah. I mean, both, obviously, like you said, are from his perspective. So you get yeah. a good amount of that inner monologue from mm -hmm. both of them. And, of course... Part of that comes from the actor who plays Joe in the show, Penn Badgley, just being very attractive, very charming. Like all of these things that are just, you feel drawn to this actor. Um, and so that's part of it. And part of why I think you feel more of that attachment and sympathy with the show, at least than I did. And I think you did with the book. But yeah, I definitely agree. I think the book doesn't try to, it doesn't quite as much say, oh, what I'm doing is right. Mm -hmm. It does to some extent, because in his head, you know that he thinks he is right, but it doesn't like dive into that. And you know, from the beginning that he's wrong, but there's things that he says about Beck or about his feelings for Beck, or um, like you said, looking her up on Facebook, things that we as a modern generation would automatically relate to. And so it's just, it's really almost upsetting sometimes. Yeah. The show paints him more as like an anti-hero mm -hmm. and um, it, there are elements that we'll get to that are the things that are additions to the show that kind of drive that home more where the mm -hmm. book is, you know, he's an antagonist, but it's just this, he gives justifications that when you hear them, they do sound, you're, you humor them. You're like, oh, I get that, but you don't but accept how far he goes across that line. Right. Um, like, and it's like, far. like he, oh yeah, he jumps right <laughs> over that line. Because, <laughs> um, because it is. It's right in chapter two. Chapter one is literally just a couple of pages. They meet. Mm -hmm. It's kismet. It's cute. And then chapter two is love. traditional meet cute again that you could see in a contemporary romance. Like she walks into the bookstore and they talk about books, and it's really charming and then it immediately jumps to she oh well she didn't pay with cash she paid with a credit card so she wanted me to know what her name was <laughs> and you're just kind of there and you get I, you take a step back like oh that's right this this is what this book is this is yep, the book yep, that yep, I picked yep. up uh and and it just goes from there because immediately like i said chapter two he's across her apartment watching through her window it, it just immediately mm -hmm. jumps that um and so through the story without trying to go through much spoilers we may get into it maybe at the end if we want to get a little dive deeper yeah we'll um, probably talk at least a little bit about the end of the book versus the end of 
the, I almost said movie, the TV show, um, just because that is a note that I had as far as big differences. But when we do that, we will make sure to give a big spoiler warning. It'll be a separate portion of the show. And um, when this ends up going up, we can put a time in the description Mm -hmm. that tells people like when we'll be going into spoilers. Yeah. And it's this thing where with Joe, like I said, it's curiosity with with the show. I immediately watched it was the first 10 minutes. I didn't think I was going to like the show. I was like, why do I want to watch a show about a stalker? And first 10 minutes, I'm just like, he's charming crap. Mm -hmm. I want to follow. And with the book, I lose that. uh, Like, okay. It's, it's not fully charm, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's the, uh, it's the spine he has like almost the goal to, oh, he, to do these things to, <laughs> to, to go through with this stuff um because uh, like it says on the back of the description of yours is the obstacle and those obstacles are are people it's you know beck right. has a life she has a life she has her friends she has you know history and things that she's going through and joe through his research <laughs> finds <laughs> um finds these people and can tell some of these people are going to be in my way and he right. does what he can to manipulate situations enough to where he can make things happen quote unquote naturally for him because mm-hmm. he he does want to avoid doing the most extreme he does mm-hmm. you see it he wants things to he goes you know he what wants everything I can... to just fall into place um i mean obstacles in a relationship you think about normal obstacles like maybe you live uh, far away from each other or mm-hmm. <laughs> you work together so it could be an issue you know things like that and there are smaller more I want to say normal uh, types of obstacles in this too not mm-hmm. very many but there's a couple. <laughs> but then it just escalates so quickly I mm-hmm. let's see here I have a note yeah page 72 he's already has her not really boyfriend, but the guy that she is kind of seeing already has him in a cage because mm-hmm. he is an obstacle. And so <laughs> page 72, it immediately jumps from, we don't live next to each other. We, she and I have only met once. I don't want her to think this, you know, whatever, to this person is in the way of the relationship that I want. And I have to figure out a way to get around that. Yeah, because it's so early on, it's it's not a spoiler. It's you know he when mm-hmm. he meets her, she she's with another guy. The guy don't yeah. you know doesn't treat her right, and Joe recognizes that. So Joe kind of takes some things into his own hand, knowing that okay, let me put this guy off to the side for a bit so I can swoop, and so right. see what happens if he stops responding to her, or if right, he and, goes on vacation and doesn't tell her that he's leaving. Exactly. And that, and that's where Joe starts to do more. You know, he takes his phone and goes on his Twitter, makes those tweets and stuff like that. So that's so wild. (laughs) And that's very in the beginning. And I have to say, that's what made it hard for me to actually kind of start through the book is that because for those first, I'd say that's, that's the first 10 chapters, I think. And um, because they're very short, they're a couple pages. Those first ten chapters were so mirrored with the show that I was yeah. like, I'm I'm just seeing the same story again. But mm-hmm. once we there kind were more of got... details, but the scenes were very much the same. But once yeah. we got past the okay, what am I gonna do with the boy other boyfriend? Once right. we got past that, 
it was new for me. There was the book completely did take a different direction than what I saw in the show. Um, mm -hmm. And what I think what I like about that is the book, what almost makes fools you into it being a romance is the book is more about uh, Joe and Beck, as it mm -hmm. should be. That's what the story is, where the yeah. show is Joe and the Obstacles. Beck is yeah. almost an element in the show. She's He's... almost a secondary character. Like, she's not, but she you don't see her very often she's the prize yeah. for this marathon that he's going through mm -hmm. and really it's more about him versus the people that are in his way those characters get a lot more time to shine in the book when it gets and to the... some of the other side characters that aren't necessarily in the book right exactly like we'll talk They're... about paco later paco is a huge part of the show completely and that's and that's an element that is where it makes joe show joe more sympathetic is mm -hmm. the child but it's just the idea that um, what I what I liked and more in, was more interested in is that it was about the relationship, because the the scenes where they are cute together, where Joe kind of forgets what he's doing, it is sweet, very well they, written romance scenes. Yes, <laughs> and you can tell even without you know the actor and him being so charismatic, right. you can tell that the character of Joe is very charismatic. He is able to kind of get away with these things that he's doing for so much of the time because the time that they're spending together, like you said, is really cute. They um, <laughs> have a kind of date to go get her a new bed in Ikea. And it's oh, yeah. right out of 500 Days of Summer. And he's talking about that <laughs> movie. And it's, it's so cute. And I mean, 500 Days of Summer also isn't your classic happy rom-com. No, but, no. <laughs> but it's like right out of that relationship and some of the things that he says like he's very supportive of her mm -hmm. things that benji the other boyfriend we were talking about isn't necessarily mm -hmm. and so you see all of these really good sides of him i haven't seen dexter but i feel like it's kind of like dexter like benji he... is overall a bad guy and he's really right. bad to beck and so you see that before joe does anything with him Mm -hmm. And so it's yeah. kind of like, well, when they're together, it's cute. And he's a bad guy. So maybe like Joe is a good guy. And it's just he's taking care of bad guys or like Batman is yeah. not necessarily a great guy, but he's only taking care of bad guys. Like, yeah. And, and being someone who, who has watched all of Dexter, um, the, the, the slight difference, I'd say, which is kind of like my thing is that. I've read some of the Dexter books and I've watched mm -hmm. all of the show and kind of the same thing where Dexter show Dexter um, is very good at, you know, Michael C. Hall does a good job of portraying someone who's clearly a sociopath. He does not mm -hmm. have emotions and he's, he's faking them. Um, and the book has that as well, but near the end of the show's run, he starts to gain emotions. And that's the truth of a socio, uh, sorry, truth of a sociopath is that they don't, lack emotion is that they feel emotion so strongly and that's mm -hmm. the truth um and so kind of like the same thing is that uh, uh book dexter is very monotone because he's it, it's it's what he does he's he's a killer of serial killers he does not have you know that sense of you know he has the sense of loyalty to his cover his cover girlfriend his cover life mm -hmm. and all of that but not really to people just his code of i have to kill bad people and so what's the thing is, is with joe is he has that sense of humanity that dexter doesn't because mm -hmm. you you do see that he is a person he was 
he did have... He has have, a job that he loves. He, he had a father figure. Friends, um, yeah. And, but it's just that something along the line, uh, on the way of becoming an adult, something skipped a beat. A lesson was missed <laughs> in, yes. in yeah. normalcy. And so uh, it, it really... <laughs> learning where the line is not to cross (laughs) and and that's and that's the thing is whenever we got to those cute scenes like uh i'm trying to think um is it like the first date was kind of cute and and the fact that even joe in it set boundaries for himself he he's like i'm Mm -hmm. not going to kiss you on the first date and you're like oh so sweet but you're like wait 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 wait, wait, wait. Uh, no 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 (laughs) and so um it's the the, um oh he's being chivalrous like he wants to show he's a gentleman (laughs) you know and you're like oh no wait he's a crazy person (laughs) well right because his mental thoughts he goes is it goes right from his lines into it because the dialogue is all his inner monologue so Mm -hmm. then he says though oh i'm not going to kiss you because i have to save it for this day because then that day would lead to this and it's like a math equation that he keeps seeing out and i'm like dude he has this big game of chess that he has and starts the second he sees beck not even when they start talking in the bookstore but the second she walks in is the first page of the book it starts hey you you're now in my bookstore and this game of chess starts that immediate second when the bell rings and she walks Mm -hmm. in through the door and he thinks that she's playing the other side of the game but i don't think he ever realizes until the very end of the book that she's not and that she's kind of watching the game happen she's she's kind of I'd almost say she's playing her own game of chess next to his board. Like she's playing checkers and he's right. playing chess and he's like, we're playing the same game. And she's like, yeah, they're we not. Totally are. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes, that's better. I could just imagine that they're on the same board. She's doing checker moves and he's just like, nothing's matching. <laughs> and, and so, um, and, and it, it just really is that thing where, and that's the thing is Beck isn't the most sympathetic character. She's not. You, you, when you read those back flaps, you think, oh, you know, she, she's a girl and he's the problem. But, mm-hmm. you know, she, she's and again, not... you a... want to like her, but she yes. is a very flawed character. Yeah, because she's not, she's not a problem like him. Not in any which way like him. No, no, but no, no. She's, no, no, no. You, you kind of learn that she's a very selfish individual. And mm-hmm. even she when there are She has some issues mo- that she never quite worked through. <laughs> right. And you, you kind of do love her when she's that sweetheart. Because she's... Mm-hmm. She, you are painted this picture through Joe's eyes that she's like the perfect girl next door, the most right. down to earth person. And that's and then, so important to it. I think yeah. is that you have to know from again, that very first page that Joe is a really unreliable narrator. Right. You, cause I, even then as that, I started to be like, Oh, come on back. Like, let's go on the day, all of that. And I'm falling in love with the image of Beck, but then he peeks behind the curtain and he notices a flaw and then you notice it, and it's like a dagger in your heart, too, because you're mm-hmm. like, but why? Why is she like that? And then you have yeah, to realize... Like it breaks your heart along with Joe's, because you were seeing this perfect version of her. Yeah, this perfect woman, but you have to realize, mm-hmm. oh, no, she, she's allowed to have those flaws. He, he's, he's the one with bigger flaws. <laughs> and so Oof. it's always, it's always this tug of war of having to be brought back into reality. Because, mm-hmm. um, and I think what does that, well, what also helps drive that false reality is in the narration um because it is first person and it is um it's not past first person it's present where like i say she says not i said Mm -hmm. but whenever he refers to beck 
just like the title, it's not she, it's you. The entire story, mm-hmm. he's talking to Beck it, right. as if everything he's saying is justifying to her. And what's also great about that is because since that's more uh, second person, it, it's almost like it snaps you out of it because you get lost into his narrations, you get lost into the stories mm-hmm. he's telling. But then when he says you, it makes you think he's talking to you but you also know that you is Beck. So it's, yeah. it, can, it connects you to Beck in that way where every time he says you, you snap out of the false reality he's created and you're like, okay, what are we doing? And you know, again, like we said, that from the beginning, what he's doing is wrong. He's not going mm-hmm. about this the right way. But like you said, he's talking to Beck and he's justifying it and telling her these stories. Like, I saw you today and it was beautiful and these were the feelings that I felt when I saw you and you are smart and all of these things he's saying directly to her and if you haven't seen the show if you haven't read the book you don't know what the ending is for Joe and Beck and so you're kind of in the back of your mind thinking oh well I kind of like you said earlier maybe it does work out maybe we're getting this narrative from him to Beck because in the end they get married and live happily ever after and it's a how I met your mother thing where he's like telling the story to her and so it's just it's really interesting it kind of reminds me of the movie about time with Dom Hall Gleason and Rachel McAdams because that Mm -hmm. thing is is that's that's not fully manipulative is that what how that movie justifies that love story is that he does fall in love with her even though he has these time travel powers he Mm -hmm. Uh, he falls in love with her and they f- they become a thing naturally. You see, yeah. oh, they did fall in love on that first blind date, but then he causes a mistake. So everything he does to time travel is just to get back to that moment of that of that meeting. It's mm-hmm. never to fully take the take her choice of life away. It was right. he did earn it, but then he just messed up and then he goes back. And so this yeah, is almost like a mistake rather than manipulation to seem like the mistake isn't there right and that's and that's the difference is that where about time was oh no i have to go back because i did win the love of my life joe is i gotta do whatever i can to make this girl the love of my life and and you're just like he has to earn her right and and again like yeah he he doesn't want to cross the line early he wants to make things fall into place because he creates this idea of he sees himself as in a movie or a book because that's his justification throughout as we said earlier he references books he references movies um one of my favorite moments is the the prince poem of time line and how he constantly uses out the book um there's a poem of prince that he references one line where prince describes time backwards so instead of it being like oh it's been 10 days and seven hours it's the opposite Mm -hmm. it's you know seven hours and a week and yeah. and then or joe five after seconds 20 minutes six yes hours, and um and then throughout the book after he references that that's how joe describes time and mm-hmm. it's and it's those things those references that you're kind of like he's not a bad guy he's he's a he's a romantic he's a head over heels strong-hearted romantic but you know then he does something two pages later you're like crap nope sorry sorry <laughs> oh no he's still a bad guy got it <laughs> So while we're talking about kind of still the beginning of the book, I do want to make note, if only because I did the research, um, (laughs) one thing that I thought was really funny, but also just seemed kind of out of nowhere, at least three or four times in the first probably five chapters of the book, Joe is referring to Beck as Charlotte's Web. 
mm-hmm. which I just thought was so funny. And he's not saying, oh, you're like the spider in Charlotte's Web and then referring to her as Charlotte or you're like the pig and then referring to her as Wilbur. He says, you're Charlotte's Web, you're this book, you're this story. And he goes to talk about in the book, she apparently has a pink phone case that he refers to at one or two points as her Zuckerman's pig pink phone case. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, why? Why is he specifically talking about this book? And I, full disclosure, had not read the book since I was in about second, maybe third grade. Uh, I loved the movie, but had not read the book in a while, thought I was going to love it because I loved the movie, and it was very long and kind (laughs) of slow and boring. Um, Don't tell my dad I said that. He would be very sad. Good research. um, Good research. (laughs) Good research. I did it. (laughs) But I read it, and I wrote down a couple of quotes. It's actually from when Wilbur and Charlotte, so the spider and the pig, first meet each other. And they're kind of describing the other person in their head, which I just thought were really fascinating. And so Charlotte says of Wilbur, there are a lot of things Wilbur doesn't know about life and goes on to talk about specifically, he doesn't know that the farmers and the people who are feeding him and taking care of him plan to kill him for Christmas and have him as Christmas dinner and all that. And then not a paragraph later, Wilbur is talking about Charlotte and says, Charlotte is fierce, brutal, scheming, bloodthirsty, everything I don't like, which I also didn't remember him not liking Charlotte when I read it as a kid. But I just thought that was really interesting because throughout all of you, I mean, one of the reasons that he falls in love with Beck and uh, wants to push past those obstacles and um, to love her is because he wants to take care of her. He right. sees her as this woman who has these problems and really needs someone there to fully take care of her. Um, mm-hmm. He compares her to old books. Again, Joe works in a bookstore. And so he compares her to the vintage, like first edition books in their store where they're kept in this cage that comes up again later, (laughs) sadly. (laughs) Um, That is uh, AC and like the temperature controlled and uh, humidity controlled, all these things because the the books otherwise will get so brittle and fragile that they will fall apart. And so he compares her to these books. And I thought it was really interesting that... Charlotte was basically saying the same thing about Wilbur. Like, Wilbur is very young. He doesn't know anything about life. Like, I will help save your life because otherwise there's no way for you to live and move forward. And meanwhile, Wilbur's looking at Charlotte, and yes, it's because she's a spider, but kind of seeing these things that I think throughout the course of the book, Joe would describe himself as, again, a fierce He talks about how fierce his passion and his love is, but then later, uh, scheming, brutal, bloodthirsty, all of these things that as the book goes on, he, I think, would describe himself as. And I just, I thought that was really interesting. Well, and and that's what I like is there there are multiple things like that where I feel like there are multiple, because in the beginning, it's Charlotte's Web. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I didn't fully write them down, but it's like there are multiple of those where he's like, you are this, you are that, you are this. Mm -hmm. Um, When we get to different like peaks in the book, uh, Beck is something else to to Joe. So right off the bat, she's Charlotte's Web, Um, which is funny because, as you said, it's like right off the bat, his reasoning is because she's dressed in all pink when he meets her. She's just she's basically the pink of Wilbur. And that's just how it comes up. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's a weird, cute. Thing. and but to do that research to realize that it it really does match up well because there are a few mm-hmm. of those he'll reference movies he'll reference this his main justification is his favorite movie um uh Han, Han, Han and the sisters uh yes. and I have not seen it i did not do quite n- that much research no i didn't do that either but he talks about how basically it is a guy who falls in love with his stepsister and tries to force with his uh, sister-in-law i think Oh, sister-in-law. Okay. Yeah, uh, I, I want to say that it was he's married but falls in love with his wife's sister. Right, right. Okay, yeah. And so he tries to, f- and so he tries to, you know, manipulate a situation where they have to be together, and mm-hmm. then hope that that interaction creates love. And he says yeah. it's an old one. It stars Michael Caine, and you're like, oh, who doesn't love Michael Caine and stuff like Everyone. that. And so. It's the thing where once he says that is his reason, you're like, oh yeah, it's like a movie. So that's this why we can... This is just like that. Yeah, we that can accept that. romance movie that you're talking about. <laughs> this, is, this story is just like that, probably. Um, yeah, and so <laughs> once he gives that justification, then you're like, okay, I get it. And then it keeps just escalating. And you're like, mm-hmm. but but remember, he's Michael Caine. Right, and but so... don't forget. <laughs> and so... That's what I really like, and um, and I think what what gives the book it's kind of it's also high energy feeling because there are moments where it's heavy, there are moments where it's slow. The constant high energy that also keeps you with Joe and never gets tired with his thoughts is like two things: lack of punctuation. She does not run on sentences. His inner thoughts are run on paragraphs. There are no periods. There are no commas. And within that, thoughts change randomly. Like two lines worth are him maybe talking about something Beck did that he's upset with. And then all of a sudden he, the line suddenly turns into something about an old memory about, you know, one of those movies or songs that he likes. And you're just like, Mm -hmm. what? And then, and then he goes on a tangent. And so it's just, that was also what kind of made it hard for me to read is because I'd be like, what, wait, 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 thoughts are changing. What's going on? So I'd, I'd restart a paragraph. But His it, it, brain is crazy in the sense that it does. It moves so quickly. It's constantly firing on all cylinders because mm-hmm. he's trying to think 20 steps ahead, but yeah. he can't because everything else around him is not going to think those 20 steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Um and so right off the bat, I noticed that because I would trip myself up. I'm like, why am I tripping up at the first two pages of this book? I'm like, he doesn't know how to slow the hell down. <laughs> and so yeah. um, and so that kind of is what lifts you through with Joe. Um, and then when you kind of like get into it, suddenly I'm at that speed. And suddenly I'm like, all right, Joe, let's finish stuff. Which is what uh, one of the things I, I, I kind of liked and disliked at the same time was when he deals with an obstacle, when he figures out how to get rid of certain people, you know, it's mm-hmm. not all murder. It's not all this, you know, we won't say what's what, but when he does finally deal with an obstacle, it's over in a paragraph where in, yeah. where in the show it's episodes build 
to each of these different people yeah. and it's like I mean, it's full as arcs. shows do it loves a cliffhanger at the end yes. of an episode <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of things are drawn out a lot um yeah. over the course of two maybe even three episodes that really only take maybe two paragraphs maybe at most and, a chapter and they're more personal the mm-hmm. the uh, joe definitely is in the show more personal with everyone else that's in beck's life where there's only a few he meets like the friends shauna and lynn shauna mm-hmm. and lynn you know beck has three friends shauna lynn and peach peach is the rich heiress you know you know is I'm... it shauna it's shanaka in the movie i keep wanting to say movie in the show am i not remembering is it shauna in the book in the book it's shauna and lynn yeah, oh yeah, because you, gonna... you 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 did the show after to re- research I did, again. Yes, I um, finished the book before you did, and so I right. went back and rewatched season one to just kind of see because I watched the seasons when they first premiered, right? Um, and so it had been a while since I had seen season one, so I went back and rewatched that. Yeah, and for and for me, it was you know, season two came out the twenty nine end of 2019 here and and that's where i watched both seasons for the first time but um in the show you know at the beginning beck is very much hanging out with shauna and lynn and they're you know they're kind of like the uh i wouldn't say like not popular but they're like the close-knit friends where peach is like close to beck but not close to shauna and lynn it's like in Mean Girls, if they're the plastics, yes. Peach is very much the Regina George, where she it, is like, she would be popular whether the other girls were there or not. She exactly. is rich, she is beautiful, she's smart, like she's educated, all of these things. She would be very popular one way or the other. If she had no friends, she would be popular. Right. But the others are very much the plastics, where they would probably do pretty well socially, but at the same time, they are clinging to Peach because yeah, they know that they will get that from her. And that's what adds to the thing is in the show, the difference is that show has a lot of personal connection with them. He has a one-on-one with Lynn. He has a one-on-one with Shauna or if she's different named in the show. Annika, but um, they, you know, there's one who gets, you know, I was it was it fat shamed? She gets fat shamed and then he has like a heart to heart with her or something. What was it in, in the show? In the show, one of the friends is a body positive influencer on Instagram. Right, 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 right. And uh, she, because of that, gets all of this great publicity through her Instagram. She does all of these brand deals, you know, that influencer uh, generation that we are in. And it is revealed later that it's Peach, but she anonymously has a video posted of her drunk at a party saying some some fairly racist just kind of off the cuff comments things that you can tell are not meant in that way and she's very drunk basically she's complaining that she says something about none of the white guys want to date me because of the size that i am and so she says these things that obviously are not great they're not good things to be saying (laughs) but are taken very much out of context in this video and yeah joe is able to find out that peach was the one that posted it Mm -hmm. yeah and and so joe has these heart hearts with these two friends because he knows Mm -hmm. if i can be seen in their eyes as good they'll whisper in beck's ear where in the book 
they're a footnote. They're kind of an extension of Beck because we see them once in the beginning and then throughout the entire book, we only see them through emails because... Uh, right, yeah, Joe, you see her conversations with them, but nothing yeah, else, really. Joe is able to see through her emails, and that's the only way they communicate is through them. So that's the most you get out of Shauna and Lynn, and they don't they don't know Joe. They've never met Joe, and so mm-hmm. they all they know out of Joe is what Beck tells them, and even Beck, sometimes we learn, is also an unreliable narrator. So yeah. no one ever really gets the full picture. And so, and then even with the with Peach, Peach is the Regina George. She's a manipulator as well. You learn some secrets about Peach, about her relationship with Beck, and she is very much one of those obstacles because she's kind of the like, I don't like this guy. Sure, he's perfect, yeah. probably Trying good for her. Trying to set her up with other. <laughs> people when yep. she and Beck go off on a weekend somewhere like yeah crazy and it, crazy levels of it and and so she's also kind of insane um and even <laughs> with Peach where we get more of Peach than Shauna and Lynn in the book even then it's kind of like in their own minds they never they never have that kind of one-to-one standoff uh western duel where it's like hey <laughs> Like, cause you do get that fe- the west. exactly but you get that feeling in the show you you know that they know they don't like each other where mm-hmm. in the I, book, they even say at one point um, right we'll talk about later but once peach is no longer in the picture lynn yeah. is talking to joe and he says something about like well peach is gone blah, blah blah and he says oh i'm sorry i i know you were friends i know you liked her and she says none of us liked peach we all <laughs> needed peach right and you know. And it's this thing where in the book, instead, it's you kind of just get it, you you know, because Joe's smart and he reads people. But sometimes mm-hmm. you're also not sure if his readings are correct or if his readings are what he hopes. They're um, confirmation bias, I think. Right. He looks right. at someone and decides what he thinks they are and who he thinks they are. And then he kind of looks into them more to learn things that will confirm what he decided about them. And I'd say the book, because he's, again, the unreliable narrator, but I'd say even if you try to look at it objectively, like, okay, is he right? He's like 65% right. And that Mm -hmm. extra 35% is always the hammer that drops at the last second. And he's like, (laughs) crap, I misread the situation. That's my bad. It's okay, guys. (laughs) I I misread it. I'm okay. I'll be back. See you later. But but we're kind of yeah getting into the differences. So I want to talk about the few. Um, uh, Ethan. Um, mm-hmm. Ethan is. Oh, uh, Ethan is. So <laughs> <sweet>. <laughs> Ethan is Joe's coworker uh, in both the show and the book. Um, mm-hmm. But Ethan is kind of like just this chill guy in the show. He's just you know he's the one there, and you know Joe can get away with hey I need you to cover for me or or I, or I you don't need to come in I, I've got the store to myself if he's got mm-hmm. some you know not so fun things going on in the store but in the book uh, <laughs> in the book Joe starts out with a kid named Curtis who's a teenager mm-hmm. he's, he's a teenager yeah. he's a stoner he's late all of the time and then you know partway through you know Curtis is no longer working at the store due to certain reasons and then we get Ethan the same character from the show but mm-hmm. Ethan personality in the book he he's like that friend who can always bring you know lighten up the room but sometimes you just need a break you need a little break yes (laughs) and it's so funny because he reads very young because of that Mm -hmm. and that just always at least to me seems like a very uh youthful personality you know the very happy the 
people can refer to them as like human sunshine. That person always reads very young to me. And so he, a lot of the time I had to remind myself, wasn't a teenager. No, no, <laughs> so yeah, no, he's, he's, he's 40 something. He's, he's yeah, 40 he's something. Just this super cute <laughs> little guy who just really loves a sale at the gap on Tuesdays. Yep, yep, yep. And just really wants to be supportive of and, his new best friend, Joe. <laughs> and he says right off the back, he goes, I just miss talking. And you're like, I get it. Joe, Joe constantly he refers to him. And he got a divorce <laughs> and he's like, I just missed talking to people. <laughs> and Joe constantly, so I, I love his nickname. Joe calls him exclamation Ethan. Yeah. Exclamation point Ethan. Cause, and, <laughs> uh, and when there's dialogue between them again because it's from joe's perspective it's always like exclamation four <laughs> exclamation points at the end of every sentence that ethan says and he's probably just so happy <laughs> and he's probably just simply saying it um yeah. and, and so i'd say show ethan is a mix of book ethan and curtis um mm -hmm. because uh, ethan in the show is really chill but he's not a 40 year old man and he's also, but he's also he's not a teenager. He's about the same age as Joe. I he, would he's say. close to the same age as Joe. About young twenties, right? I would and and, but then in the in this you get like total opposites because he has this stoner kid who sucks at the job. Then he gets this guy who's too overzealous about it, and he's just like, oh god, I need I need a middle, <laughs> and just <laughs> and um and that comes into play with stuff. Um, but the big one we were going to talk about, um, Paco. Paco, yes, the. Like you said, definitely the biggest difference uh, <laughs> between the show and the book um, as far as relevancy to the plot. So Paco is Joe's neighbor, uh, and he's a little boy. I, I don't remember if it says in the show how old he is. I would, I, I would assume he's like between 8 and 10. I was going to say about 9, 10, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Paco... Like I said, he's Joe's next door neighbor in the apartment building, and he lives with his mom, who's a single mother, works very hard, but has, you can tell, a lot of issues that she's trying to work through, and, and life hasn't necessarily been kind to her. And her mom's on-again, off-again boyfriend, who you can tell is very abusive to her, um, both mentally, physically, verbally all of the things he's just he's a bad guy and Paco is in this situation and Joe kind of takes him under his wing he he's a, sur books, a surrogate big brother uh, yeah he brings him books from the bookstore so that like when Paco starts having a really hard time with Ron this non-stepdad stepdad figure he brings him a copy of oh gosh what was it uh-huh one of the I books know, that's from the cage. Yeah, I know Three Musketeers is one because it's showing Paco that he and Joe are like in it together. That, um, that, and, that and shows how much trust Joes have for Paco, um, yeah. because the the books that are so brittle and can't be gone, you know, in a bad environment, he takes them out of that cage and lends them mm -hmm. to Paco and encourages Paco to read and you know, and it's it's just this cute relationship. And this is the relationship that really uh, solidifies Joe mm -hmm. as an anti-hero. Joe as, as a sympathetic character, as more as a human who yeah. probably just accidentally you, you almost feel like he accidentally crosses these lines sometimes because yeah. of the sympathy. Like he doesn't know. Like it happened yeah. without his knowledge. And I remember it's the Count of Monte Cristo. 
because it it's when he tries to basically handle Ron himself. Paco does. Uh, oh God. Yeah, it's oh, it's rough. Paco has a lot of troubles. That poor kid. I hope after his part in the show ends, he has a very good, very beautiful life. Yes. Um, <laughs> with no more Joes in them. Uh, but he brings him after that this copy of The Count of Monte Cristo and basically says you can't act out of anger for revenge. Like, you need to read the story. It is about revenge, but it's about a better way to go about it. And Paco reads it and throws this book back at Joe and says, this doesn't make sense. You told me that this would make me feel better, but this guy waits however many decades to go after these people. Mm-hmm. And so it's just really interesting because behind the scenes, Joe's doing all these other things. And then he's like, no, but Paco, you can't try to take care of your mom's boyfriend on your own because these are the things that will happen. Right, because it's self-recognition. That That's also one of the biggest differences is that Shoujo recognizes the things he does as mm-hmm. these bad things. He knows he's crossing these lines. Where Book Joe, not so much. Book Joe Yeah, Book Joe uh, is like, I did this for you, girl. Yeah. Look at it. I would I would die for you. And I'm proving that by doing exactly. these things. <laughs> and so he, he sees it as he wants to stop Paco from becoming him because he recognizes the type of person he is. But the big difference between Book and Joe, the book doesn't have Paco. That storyline does yeah. not exist at all. Um and that's what I'm saying is that where it shows that and I would I would probably believe more realistic because I believe that Caroline Kepnes did her research where mm-hmm. Joe is mentally unstable and that this yeah. and this life is here. Everything he does is not right. Where the life that Joe has in the show, he seems like a normal person who just has this has cracks, just cracks. Mm-hmm. Where sh- uh, book Joe is is shattered, and so. Um, I was really surprised to not have that Paco storyline. I got halfway through and I was like, you know what? I haven't heard him talk yeah, to a neighbor kid. Yeah, you texted me and you were like, I haven't gotten to Paco yet. And I was like, oh, you sweet thing. You won't. You're not going to. <laughs> uh, and so I was just like, wow. Um, and I was really surprised by that choice. And so I understood that the show definitely wanted to go the route of if someone's going to watch this, he needs to be more likable. And I get it. Um, yeah. and that's why, and that's why they I said were going the from book, a viewing standpoint, you, right. you need to, at least to a certain extent, relate to the main character mm-hmm. or enjoy the main character. Yes. Otherwise you're just, you're not going to watch a show no matter and, and how that, compelling the story is. And that's why I said with the book, it, it's, it's almost like a curiosity thing because once Joe starts to get into the thick of it, you're kind of, you kind of just get this grin on your face where you're like, can he pull this off? I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I, like this, like, I don't, I would never do this and no, this should not be happening, yeah. but can he pull this off? And so it's almost like, uh, I don't know, like a game show you want to see or like, I don't know kind if he's prepared. Of. So I really enjoy true crime, uh, podcasts, books, like reading these things. And I was actually talking to my husband about it a bit a little while ago and saying like, I don't like scary movies like I don't Mm -hmm. like horror movies I don't enjoy that and I don't understand um watching these things to feel scared and finding enjoyment in that and so I was kind of just looking at him when we were watching uh one of the serial killer documentaries I was like if I don't like that why do I like this right and it was actually really interesting because it's more of a mental thing and he was kind Mm -hmm. of 
helping explain that to me, um, where he always jokes about how uh, I'm an empath, and so I want to understand people's feelings. And I think even if that is not the case for you, reading this book, you get that particular feeling from it. Right. You're reading about Joe, and you know enough about Joe that you want to know how he's justifying these things. And, like, why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's kind of that interest, the I want to learn about you. Yeah. And, and 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 what's And what's kind of with that is to to not think that you're just rooting for this guy or, or wanting to follow along is, you know, he, he's not perfect in these bad things he does. Uh, he makes mistakes. He slips up and that adds a realism to it. And that adds some mm-hmm. flaws. There are moments where sometimes his mind gets farther than his body yeah. and he, and he makes choices. He doesn't realize he's done. And he just wakes up from it for a second. He's like, Oh, I need to get the hell out of here. And, and so we shouldn't the, have done that. Yeah. <laughs> and so there are some times and then there are things that interfere with him. Maybe he has a plan, uh, uh, like the, uh, uh, the mugging and the mm-hmm. stuff like that, the, the revenge part and stuff like that. Yeah. So there are things that stall Joe or change things. And, and then to see that he still wants to push through those things, mm-hmm. uh, also shows just how determined this individual is that that then kind of adds i feel like the slightest horror element of the drive that he will not let like an accident stop him like there are moments where joe actually has physically gotten hurt and he should probably go to a hospital or he should go home or he should stop what he's doing but mm-hmm. he won't. Give himself time to heal. Right. Know. And he just doesn't. And you're like, Joe, my guy, I get it. She's the one. Maybe. But get the hell out of there. <laughs> right. So, Come yeah. back in a week, maybe. <laughs> um, um, because he he paints this time almost. Like, he, he paints like he's he's already out of time. And, and that also mm-hmm. is right from the beginning, is even after that meet cute. Uh, like... Like, he feels like he's always behind already. Right. Like, the timer's going, and he yep. needs to have Beck fall in love with him before the timer buzzes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is it's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that. So, talking about the mugging, do you want to get a little bit into more of the spoiler side of it and the ending so that we're not talking for yeah. years? Or? I, I, yeah, I would say that. So, just as, like, a quick wrap-up for the people who don't want to get into spoilers, mm-hmm. is that... You is a very interesting psychological thriller where, as we've talked about and we have compared a lot back and forth with the show, is that you follow this man who's clearly mentally broken. You're going to get two different versions, definitely. So if you've already seen the show, I recommend the book. It is a darker yeah. You're not show. going to uh, enjoy the book less because you've already seen the show. No, this this was yeah. one. But like I said, I'd say the first 10 chapters, it is a car, it was a carbon copy of the same story but once you kind of get past the benji moment it's different um it is more (laughs) it is more (laughs) about uh um a beck and joe and their relationship um Mm -hmm. the obstacles are kind of the smaller parts um if you've read the book and haven't seen the show check out the show you'd be surprised how much the cast is amazing (laughs) yes casting is great um uh, Joe Penn Badgley as Joe is very charismatic. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't not too bad to look at. 
right <laughs> the 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 actress for guinevere beck i don't remember her name uh, uh elizabeth something yeah, I want to say. yeah but mm-hmm. she, she, she's gorgeous you do you also feel from right in the beginning it feels like a rom-com you you're you even fall in love with her yeah. uh, she was and... a perfect choice she has the big round doe eyes yep, little button yep. nose like she's just <laughs> the stereotypical nice girl next door in... but with that bit of fire hidden behind the curtain yes she's very sassy <laughs> I yes. love that about her. Um, and so if you've read the book, watch the show, because you'll be surprised how much more sympathetic Joe appears. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the... And honestly, uh, Beck. Beck, uh, by the end of the book, again, you have found a lot of uh, flaws in Beck, just because Joe has. And that's not really a spoiler. No relationship stays perfect no. forever. But... Um, I think that Showbeck stays a little bit more likable. <laughs> yes, Show Showbeck is someone that you you want to root for as well. Where Bookbeck, she kind of you start to get on Joe's side a little bit. You're like, I shouldn't be on his side, and so, um, so I recommend checking out both. It's not one of those cases where it's like, okay, I need to do one and I'm done. Um, mm-hmm. The book, the book is also I'd say a lot steamier in some parts because yes, there is yes, as mentioned in the beginning some very graphic sexual language um it's just it's very intense and the yeah, word and choice is just very intense yes so. joe's joe's word choice so i'd say for any <laughs> anybody who wants to get uh, avoid the spoiler talk uh we, we both highly, i'd say we both highly recommend it i'd say mm-hmm. um i'd say from here are we on the same page most definitely yeah, um at least it's so a far. very yeah it's a very entertaining read and so with that we bid you adieu for people who don't want to get into spoilers. Mm-hmm. And those of you who are sticking with us, a huge spoiler warning is in <laughs> effect. <laughs> <laughs>